but it's not me all night. Hi, Laura. Hi, Mary. How's it going today? It's going good today. You caught me right before we started um, out in the yard working and accomplishing things. I feel good. So my temperature's doing pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good today. I'm doing, you know, my little arts and crafts here with my cottage in Merhaven. It's my art therapy. That's what I've, I really, if I'm just going to pull the cover back and be honest about it, it's like art. <laughs> and, um, you know, making, making some bookmarks and I love it though. I love making it. I pulled some paper yesterday that I thought was going to be red and green for Christmas and turned out to be pink and bluish <laughs> colors, but you know, we can roll with it. It's a small little thing. It work. You're, you're creative. Yeah, I have like I'm um, drowning in glitter here. I just got like this new bag of glitter. Oh, I love it. Little glitter. You know, my big fat graduate degrees that I got a million years ago and I'm working in Arthur here. Really putting them to use, right? Yeah. So if you're listening and you need some cute little gifts, go over to cottage at com and buy some sweet little bookmarks that I just put some new ones up there today. So I try to put them up every few days. I can't swear I can put them up every day, but I'm trying to do, I try to put them up every few days or so. They're fun to make and I'll have some Christmas ones coming. So well, what we need to do is put a link on our Facebook page. Okay. We'll do that. ALS caregivers and beyond that way people can just go to our Facebook page and then link out to the cottage at Mayor Haven. Okay, I'll do a shameless plug over there because why not? They're $7. The price is going to go up soon because, you know, I know it's so fun, but <laughs> I got tassels to add. So I have to <laughs> buy the tassels and I got a little um, hole puncher and I laminate them. So they'll laminate and they'll have a tassel. So I have to charge a little bit more. I don't know, probably $9, but include shipping. So. It won't break your bank and you'll be happy you did it. And no, it's a caregiver-owned business. Absolutely. Yeah, embrace it. That's right. They would be perfect stocking stuffers. Beautiful stocking stuffers. I agree. And if you have like a whole bunch you want me to make for you, just, you know, send me a message and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> She'll hook you up. <laughs> She'll personalize them for you. So tell me what you've been up to today that you're so pleased with yourself about. Well, let's just kind of backtrack a little bit because I think the last podcast we were talking about me going to um, Mexico to Cancun for a my niece's wedding, which Trey and I woke up and last Friday and got to the airport, got on the plane, the plane backed away from the gate, and then we had mechanical issues. So this big trip, five day vacation that I had been planning since. April, May of this year came to an end, but they couldn't get us. The plane wasn't going to go anywhere. They couldn't get us on any connecting flights to get into Cancun. I think the earliest they could get us in was Sunday. And then we would be coming home Tuesday morning. So I'm like, you know, let's call it. I was so disappointed, so upset, but I will tell you, Mary, the next day I took a walk and, you know, kind of thought things through and, you know, I was reflective and I was so proud of myself for how I, 
I handled it. I didn't let it take me down as hard as it could have taken me down. Nice. Yeah, I did a I did a blog about it. And I just, you know, looking back, I was like, you know, I didn't think that I had any growth going on since Tom was diagnosed and his death. But when you see that you're able to do something that you knew that would have taken you down really hard and you were able to just kind of roll with it and understand it and just move on, that's growth. And I will say I'm super proud of myself. Well, I think you should be. I read your blog post, so you need to also post that on our Facebook page, ALS Caregivers and Beyond, because it's a it's a beautiful reflective piece on how you handled yourself and how that felt like growth for you. It was, and I um, you know, it's just kind of continued because because I didn't let myself get down. I ended up uh the Sunday following, which was just a few days well, last Sunday, um, I, I did something else that I'm super proud of myself, which is kind of something that you and I were just talking about before we, we hit start on this podcast was my son and I, Trey and I were able to identify and fix, um, our sprinkler system. It's been out all summer. We live in Texas. So really my yard is Brown because I haven't had a sprinkler system to water it. And I've been trying to hand water and it wasn't enough. But um, we fixed it. And I am so excited that I was able to do that because when I first noticed it was out in the spring, I had someone come out and, you know, walk it and look it over and give me a quote to fix it. And I was told that my sprinkler system was dilapidated and I needed a whole new system to the tune of about $10,000. And that crushed me. I was like, oh my gosh damn you, Tom, because Tom was such a fix it man. He fixed everything in our house, um, including sprinkler systems. He could do plumbing, he could do electrical and everything. So I just was felt so, I just hated the fact that I was so dependent on Mm -hmm. someone to have to come out and fix this thing. And so Trey and I actually fixed it over the weekend. And now this big sprinkler system is working and that has, motivated me quite a bit. And so before we got on this podcast, I was outside working in the yard. I went to Lowe's and dropped a pretty penny on converting (laughs) some of my sprinkler heads because now I feel like I'm a expert at irrigation systems. Mm -hmm. And so that has been such, um, I don't know, that has really been a charge for me. Like it has really given me this boost that maybe I was looking for and I didn't know I needed. And it has really boosted my energy and my confidence. I guess that's the biggest thing is my confidence is boosted. So not only did I buy plumbing supplies to retrofit some of our sprinkler heads, I decided I was going to remodel and redo my guest bathroom. So that's going to be a project I'm going to take on. I would have never done this before, Tom. Wait, so, so wait, that's so big. So, I know because now I'm like, I can do anything. What, what are you going to um, do? Well, I'm not going to go crazy, crazy, but I am going to just repaint the bathroom and install some shelving and, you know, just kind of judge it up a little bit, kind of give it a little facelift because I'm doing the rest of the house and I have a contractor that's helping me, uh, Tom's cousin. 
Yeah. And so he's helping me with a lot of the stuff, but I just don't know what I'm doing. And I'm getting so tired of not knowing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So this little boost in my ego with getting the sprinkler system together has really helped me. I'm like, I can tackle YouTube. I can tackle anything. Well, Who knows what else I'm going to do? I may rip out tile and think I can redo the tile. I don't know. Oh, but you, I've done tiling. You could do that. I think I probably could. I, I don't have the plans right now to do it, but, but we're just going to start small. I'm going to do some painting and hanging some shelves and I've ordered, you know, lighting. And so we're going to, I'm going to, Trey and I are going to tackle it. So I'm feeling really good. It, I think I needed a confidence booster. Well, that's so good because that's, you know, we both have husbands, your husband, my husband was really the fix it guy. Like he loved it. He loved fixing things. Oh yeah. And he loved do it yourself things. And he can't, he can't do what he used to be able to do. So, um, it's a struggle for him, you know, that he can't do it. And so I, I was, I have to ask him to teach me a lot and he's not, He's not the best teacher with me. He's such a good teacher of these things to the kids though. And he's really terrible with me. <laughs> I almost can't bear it. I'm like, oh my God, why did I ask him to do this? Why did I ask him to tell me? Because now, now he like wants to do it, even though he can't do it. He wants to take it over. And I'm like, oh, this is so frustrating. It's so like all of our years, we've been married 43 years, 43 and a half years. And we never fight over, like, we don't have big fights or anything, you know? We don't yell at each other, mostly because I'm not confrontational. I think he would have been if I had been that way, if I, like, picked a fight with him. But, I mean, I just really never did. I'd be like, oh, that's not the way to approach that subject. Change it so he doesn't have an argument with me. Because I'd probably just cry, and then I'd, I'd never get anywhere with him, you know? So I never do any of that. But when he like tries to teach me something like anything, it's like, I feel like we're going to just explode at each other. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take it. Like you, like we were talking about the raised beds in the backyards. We had seven, we had built 17 raised beds. This was over a year ago. And he was still like, he could do more than he could. He could never do that now. Um, and I swore that I wasn't going to get into an argument with them or throw down all the boards and just say, no, I'm not doing this stuff with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we did. We managed to do it all together. We managed to do it together. But it is not one thing. It's not something we're compatible with. But he's so compatible with Kate with it. Maybe, maybe he just has more patience with Kate. Yeah, he does. Well, and she has a real good aptitude for it. I, oh, okay. I like doing like, I don't like doing a lot of that stuff. I like, oh, I, I like when it. I can do it, but I don't like, I like when I can, like I changed all the handles last year in the house to flapper mm -hmm. handles. And man, I was like, oh, Miss Power Screwdriver person. Yeah. Have it's screw. Cool. I can do anything. Like, what else do you need done around <laughs> here? I have my power tools now. <laughs> Nothing can stop me. Ar, ar, ar. Um, <laughs> no, I, I get it. So I never really had a desire to, learn how to do this kind of stuff. I have, I have friends that, you know, they can build stuff and, and I'm like, I always admired that, but cause I was like, nah, I don't need to do it. I have Tom, Tom will do it. 
He had no desire to do the stuff I did. We had a great, you know, partnership. You know, it was very traditional. And now it's, I think I just get so frustrated that I have to rely on people. Yeah. To do simple things that I took for granted. And that has been, I do think that's why doing the sprinkler, you know, fixing the sprinkler system maybe just gave me that, that just confidence I needed to go. Yeah, maybe I can. I'm not reliant on people. Maybe I can do it. So it gives I mean, you builds on stuff, you know, it all, yeah. all this stuff will build up, which is like, even looking, you know, looking back going, I didn't think I could do it, but maybe, maybe I, I've just been all the little things that I've been doing is kind of building on my confidence, but this was a huge confidence builder. So this is like something that's coming together for you, which is nice. Yes. Yes. Well, and it's so like, there's so many things about it. Like one, now I'm not going to have the ugliest yard in my neighborhood. Cause I'm always afraid the HOA is going to write me up and I'm going to be out there with a can of spray paint, spray painting the grass green. Um, but it also, you know, it just, it's just so many things I can do it. I tried something hard. It came through. I don't have to drop, you know, 10 grand to get a new sprinkler system in. Yay me. That was such a big deal. And, and now I'm looking at, look at all the things that I can do. I can convert my sprinkler head to drip irrigation. So now all my plants aren't going to die because I am terrible about remembering to water my plants. And so, yeah, so I'm just super excited. Wow. You, you hook up with Kate, man. Kate's got really like, she knows some of the little tricks of the trade with doing stuff, you know? I know. Maybe I'll just make her, she'll have to start doing YouTube videos for Laura. She should. She she revamped my laundry room of all rooms. I love that. She uses the um see, and the first thing in my head is like, I could never do that. I could never do that. But that's what I thought about the irrigation system. I could never do that. And I did it. Yeah, but you can though. And she's done well, she's fixed her own washing machine. (laughs) It's broken. Oh wow. I know she YouTubed it. She um she hangs lighting fixtures and ceiling fans and she pressure washes her house. She doesn't, it's not a really strong pressure washer. So she can't really get to the top of it. Top of it. She doesn't have a two-story house, but there's a couple of peaks on there. But then she does like all the things, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm learning. I'm learning to do them. These are the things that Tom during his diagnosis didn't prepare us for. Mm. You know, he taught, He took time out of his, you know, to teach Trey how to grill Mm -hmm. and how to do some things around the house some basic stuff. But those are things I never, I guess I just, I always took them for granted. And I just figured I would have someone do it for me, not realizing how frustrating that feeling is. And Mm -hmm. I'm tired of feeling like that. It's so empowering to be able to do things yourself. It is. It is. It is very empowering. And I, and I will tell you also when, you know, the, the trip was canceled in Cancun, that was empowering to know that I got myself through it and I didn't dip very low in depression and I did it. And, and, you know, looking back, it's like, well, these are all things that I have been practicing since Tom. Mm-hmm 
was sick and, you know, setting boundaries and expectations, setting your expectations, you know, are they too high? Are they too low? And, and I look back at it, it is empowering to know that I, I did that. Mm -hmm. I was able to come through something that I had been looking forward to for what, five months. Yeah. And then, you know, in one fell swoop, you know, mechanical lost its, you know, system and it 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 could have gone so bad for me mental my mental health yes and so I think looking back you know we're you know talking about fixing things I've been a work in progress fixing myself and I can see that all the work I did before is really starting to pay off which is very similar to you know all this learning and figuring it out and talking to people about the sprinkler system, it all built on itself and it paid off. I was able to, between Trey and I, and I mean, we had the neighbor help us. He was able to help talk through some stuff, but we still got it done. That This is the name of this podcast. We're going to call it the fix it. The fix it. Yeah. The fix it. Cause that's what we're doing. We're fixing, we're fixing ourselves, and we're fixing yeah. all those things that we relied on our partner to do. Well, I do have some videos um, that Tom has made for me over the last few years the, about fixing things. So I, it's good to do like, I sometimes you don't have time. I feel like you and Tom didn't have time for that. There was a lot going on really fast and you yeah. were working and it just wasn't time to have that kind of thought process. But if I'm not, I'm not one to give much advice on anything because I don't really know a whole lot of things about the whole world, but I would encourage people to ask your loved one with ALS to do some videos for you, even if they can't fix something like, I mean, like just practical things like hanging wallpaper or fixing plumbing. Like, what do you have to do if you have a drip? Where do you turn the water off? Like behind the, for the sink, you know, if you can't do it yourself and you got to get a plumber and you want to stop your drip, how do you do that? Where do you do it? You know, all kinds of things like that, that somebody can tell you about. You could tell you about it. They don't have to show you. You can record them. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. We did that with, um, with the barbecuing with Tom and teaching Trey how to barbecue and smoke. And, but it's just, you know, those were the things we thought about. i never thought about just the little things that I took for granted. Mm -hmm. And that's what's coming to bite me in my butt is the little things I took for granted. And honestly, even while he was fighting his, his, the ALS and, you know, he was tricked and invented during that, that three years, it was, I'll deal with it later. I just didn't have the capacity to even think about. And so, you know, I'll be honest, there's a lot of things in our, around our house that has been neglected mm -hmm. for years. And the sprinkler system was one of them. I just, it never dawned on me that it wasn't going off when Tom said it was going off or when we thought it was going off. And so, you know, you don't notice it until everything's dried up and brown. Mm -hmm. And then it's really too late to save things. Yeah. You have to work extra hard to, to water and everything. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's taking for granted the, the little things that your partner does, that your mm -hmm. spouse, um, your loved one does and learning it. I mean, this side of, of, of the caregiving it is there's just so many things that come up and, you know, 
and you're like, God, I wasn't prepared for this. Or, um, I will say that, you know, when I, when I realized I was like, damn it, Tom, I, I say that a lot, actually, damn it, Tom, why did you leave me? Um, and it's because there's just these little things that I just don't know what to do. And I'm, I'm really tired of not knowing what to do. I feel like I've been in that state for a really long time, even caregiving. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't trained. Come on. I had like, what, two, three weeks to learn how to deal with a trach and a ventilator. I mean, talk about OJT. It was all OJT. But and who does know? Like who know? Whoever knows all that? I just, I just wrote a reflection in our, our Elizabeth Dole fellows group about this month in October, mm-hmm. thirty years ago when Tom had encephalitis, brain infection, and how it changed our life so drastically. But and there were no, there's no rules to follow. Like there was nobody to tell me what to do next and what to do next and what to do next and filling out a claim and how to handle that. And, oh, by the way, you're not just filling out a claim form for his disability, but also you have to keep his insurance going when you don't have his disability money coming in. And, oh, by the way, the kids still want to eat and to burn the the furnace needs oil in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Making the house warm in New York. Like there were so many things that just always needed attention. And there was there was no guidebook. There was, I don't know. I don't, honestly don't think anybody could actually even write a guidebook. I think it is on the job training because I could tell you all the things that I had to do back then that wouldn't make sense to like probably 95% of the caregivers out there because mm-hmm. it was at that moment in that time with that particular thing that was wrong with Tom. That just wouldn't happen with anybody else, you know? So there's some things that are the same, like boundaries, which we've talked about, and we can do another podcast where we talk more about boundaries. Um, but there, you know, there's there's certain some things that are the same, and then there's some things that are just so individual to your life that you can't do anything but learn. And so what I would say is to be kind to yourself while you're learning them. I will say I am. I think that's one of the things I think I even said that in my, my blog post about the Cancun fiasco was that I was, I was being gentle with myself and allowing it to happen because I mean, there was, you know, my family was very much texting. Well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And it's like, yes, I've tried it, but I probably wasn't as nice as yes, I've tried it. I think I probably was very short with them, Mm -hmm. but in the end, I had to just make that decision, set those boundaries and go, no, this is not going to work. And I'm okay with it. And, and so, yes, I think it's a practice. You're just like, you're learning to fix these other things. You're learning to fix yourself. You're learning to, to handle and deal with these things. And yeah, I mean, it is, you know, going back to the OJT stuff, it is, I think, but we all have that universal feeling of, we feel just so lost. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can get angry about it and we can, you know, be mad and, and feel sorry for ourselves that we're having to go through these things. And that's all, trust me, I felt all those feelings. Um, but we, we also have to learn to start figuring things out and moving forward. And that's what I think I am. I think I've said it multiple times. I'm a, I'm a work in progress. I'm I'm building on all the little things, but I think understanding and seeing that all those things that I've been working on, I'm using like 
their tools in the toolbox, like being gentle with yourself and, and setting your boundaries. They're all part of the, the toolbox. And that's what I think we strive as caregivers. I mean, that's part of the OJT too, mm-hmm. is seeing how other people are handling it and what are they doing? Like you're doing art therapy for, while we were in the hardest part of our ALS journey, you were in a journey of meditation and mindfulness and taking classes. And, and I looked at you and was learning from you. You would talk about it. We would talk about it on our phone calls and I would take little bits and little nuggets of information and use that and, and build on it. And I think it's those things that have built that allowed me to make it through the Cancun disaster Mm -hmm. in a way that I did. And I think that's what I hope other, our listeners get is that we may be in a position where, well, I don't know how they do it. How did she do it? I could never do that. Well, maybe you'll pick up that, you know, be kind to yourself. And that's just a practice. Yeah. Loving kindness is such a big practice. And so that's about like three years old, I guess, or so for me now Mm -hmm. that I've been, I've been, um, you know, mindfulness is a practice. So it means you do it every day. Mindfulness meditation is a practice. So you do it. I, I meditate every day in some shape, some way. And I, and I do, I mean, I laugh about making the bookmarks and stuff and, um, but it, it is a, it is a form of mindfulness and meditation. I put my, um, my earbuds in and I listen to music called EMDR music. Um, it's a, um, bilateral brain stimulation kind of music. And I, I just float into spaces where there are no words and I just get into it. And I think there would have been a time when I probably would have been mortified that I was doing like what I'm doing, but I have set up a nice Etsy shop and I think it'll really take off actually, but it's so good for my my brain to have that to go to because I don't, I'm not sure what to fill my space with mm-hmm. sometimes because Tom's care is different than your Tom's care. Cause my Tom's not trait demented. He doesn't need hands-on care all the time. And there's just this space where it's hard to fill it with, except for thoughts that are not productive. And this is just a productive way to be. And that's really all from my learning from mindfulness and meditation. It's really been a gift to be able to, to do that, to have that in my life. It's taken. Yeah, and, and I don't even know if you realize that you were, you were giving that gift to other people, the people that were reading your Facebook posts or following you on your meditation journey. I mean, those are all things that, and then you gave me this fabulous meditation magazine, mm-hmm. um, and I buy them when I see them at the grocery store, I'll go, oh, I think I need that. Maybe I'll learn something. But it's all little things that you that build on each other. And it's you practice it and you get better at it. And then before you know it, you've accomplished. You've you've used those tools, you've accomplished something, you can feel good about it. And I think that's where I was with working through the emotions. Um, because you know, I did, I had to set up a boundary because I was, you know, there were a few text messages that were making me feel guilty and that was not a place that I wanted to be. So I just had to set that boundary. It's like, no, I'm not going to feel guilty about this. You know, it was beyond my control. And I think recognizing it was beyond my control was a huge thing. And then, you know, being able to 
reflect on how I felt, gave myself permission to feel sad, gave Mm -hmm. myself, you know, gentle with myself and then move forward and then not feel guilty for moving forward. I mean, I guilt all the time. It seems like that's what ruled my life. And, and so I think setting boundaries and being gentle with myself and doing all these things just helped me. And it, it is one of those that when it happens, you go, God, I made it through that. I didn't, I just knew that something, cause, cause I think even one of the things I said to someone, cause I was having to talk to the travel agent that was helping me set things up to cancel. I said, you know, I just don't have the capacity to deal with things anymore. Like little things throw me off. I just don't have the capacity to deal with them. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I did. In the moment, I didn't feel like I did. But when I reflected on it the next day, I really did handle everything in a way that I was proud of. But are you? it sounds like you handled it in a way that you were comfortable handling it. So you weren't handling it in the way other people wanted you to handle it. You handled it in a way that was good. You blocked them out. You blocked out the noise and you I did. discovered I- where you needed to be. And that's the mindfulness of being in that moment was recognizing that you knew what was the right path for you and everybody else is just noise, right? Because people, you only feel guilty because you allow yourself to feel guilty. You allow that, you allow that to creep in and to, to, and if, if somebody, if somebody tries to put that on you, that's on them. That's because they're trying to control you, but you don't, you don't need to be controlled by anybody. You need to just be controlled by, by you and whatever, if you believe in a higher being, if you believe in God, you feel like that's a guidance in your life. That's how you get through those moments. Not everybody else's pressure to do the things that they want you to do or they think is the right thing to do. That's the mindfulness of, of, of life. Yeah. And I, and I didn't even know that I had done that. I didn't realize that those were the things that I was doing until the next day when I reflected Cause I, I took, I got up and I was like, I'm going to take it. It was beautiful. You know, the weather's cooling in Texas a little bit. And so I took a walk and it was a great opportunity just to get out and think through things and digest what had happened and then just move on, which is, which I will say is something I have struggled with is accepting what happened and moving on. But it goes back to, like you said, uh, being mindful and gentle with myself and accomplishing that. And so that's, that's why, you know, I did a, like I said, I did the blog post and, and that's why I think I'm, I'm having an up because I also was able to, you know, accomplish something in my front yard. I love that. It's good. Fixing it is good. It's, it feels good when you can accomplish something and not feel helpless. They become good building blocks for you. The tools, like quite literal tools in your toolbox and emotional and spiritual tools in your toolbox as well. And they help us build confidence in ourselves. They do. And and it's just, it just seems so crazy to be able to, to relate, you know, doing what I did, you know, to come back from what could have been an emotional downturn for me to being able to do that, to like, you know, kind of equating that to like, being able to accomplish something and as simple as like fixing the sprinkler system, which by the way, that's not a simple thing. Um, that was a, a multi-hour hard project digging and everything, but yeah, it just, 
it just seems like I can kind of see how they're related, even though at first they don't seem like they're related. Yeah. No, I can see how they're related. Let's see the thought that goes into that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a good quote for us, I think, for today. Awesome. My, um, one of my favorite people that I follow is Pema Chodron. Maybe some of our listeners have heard of this. When I was studying mindfulness, I I went to learning mindfulness. I read When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. And it can be a hard book to read, but I have lots of like highlights in here and stuff in this book. <laughs> and this one is, this quote that I pulled from here is, things falling apart is a kind of testing and also a kind of healing. We think that the point is to pass the test or to overcome the problem, but the truth is that things don't really get solved. They come together and they fall apart. They come together again and fall apart again. It's just like that. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, for relief, for misery, for joy. I love that. Yeah, I think that's what... um, on both sides, me and still the active phase of caregiving and you beyond caregiving, um, it's really identifiable that we can see that happening. Things in in a day, things can fall apart and come together yes. for small things. And, and then sometimes in very big ways, and the falling apart phase can last a while. But I do feel comfortable when I say that I know things will come together again. It may not be the coming together that I thought it would be, but things will come together. I won't always be falling apart. Yeah, I see that. And that's, I guess, something I need to work on and practice is recognizing that it will fall apart, but eventually it'll come back together. I'll put this quote in our show notes and a link to the book. Um, I, tr- sometimes I forget to do those things. And if I do, you know, t- somebody message me <laughs> and tell me that I didn't do it because I do have very much a caregiver brain sometimes. And yeah. I, I don't remember to do it. Like, I would love to say, I'm going to get this up in the next 10 minutes, this podcast. And I could, but something could happen. Something could fall apart. <laughs> and then you will be mindful and be gentle with yourself. Yeah, I'll be in that moment that needs me right then. It won't be putting the podcast up. But I usually, I try to get the podcast up pretty quickly just so that I ensure that I get it up and it's fresh in my mind to do. But I love this podcast today. I I look forward to more really great topics that we can talk about and explore. Me too. You have a good one, Mary. Yeah, you too.